Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. I've been thinking about our Inspector Spacetime scenario. It might work better if instead of playing Geneva, you played Rosamond. She was a constable in Season 5, and she only had three lines. I have a better idea. You know what would make your scenarios a lot more realistic? If Troy weren't on a date. Why don't you take all your thoughts and your logic and add one step to the process? What are you doing? From now on, before you do or say anything, you're going to think about how it affects the people around you. We lower-functioning brains call this empathy. How you doing, buddy? It's good to see you. Good to be here. Good to be back in your embrace. Hot dogs! Get your hot dogs here! Okay. Hot wow. Dogs. Oh, hey there, Zach. I didn't hear you over the ball game. This, How's is, it going, buddy? Is this some type of second job that you've started up? Is this, hot dogs. Is this another Stevens recording the episode from inside <laughs> a bathroom type thing? Yeah, I'm uh I'm selling hot dogs in the bathroom at the White Sox game. Wait, so you're not like around the crowd. You're you're not like licensed to sell hot dogs. Well think about it, Zach. When are you hungriest? Right after taking a good old fourth inning poop. That's oh when you god. can come on down and get some hot dogs. Oh my god. Well welcome Just $5. to You can't disappoint a podcast, everyone. It's been a mere seven days since you've last had to put up with our shit, but we haven't recorded one of these in a while. Like it's three been weeks. A, yeah. Now, we spent a week of that together, which was horrendous. It was mm-hmm. truly grueling. And we spoke, what, maybe twice in, in the weeks? Yeah. <laughs> and now we're back, and I'm excited to be back. And it feels like it's been a while. It does, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed the getting to, you know, strap back on my mm-hmm. my uh, podcast stirrups and uh, my, my you can't disappointed podcast high heels. and Put on my community gloves. Exactly. And squirt out some community lotion. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've got a lot of merch. And get ready to record. Yeah. What did you say? <laughs> uh, but it, it's been, it was nice getting, getting <laughs> back into it. You know, it, it's, it's, I see your face. 
I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to be here. Welcome to the show. You Can't Disappoint a Podcast is back. You can't kill us. You can't. There are some that would like to. I mean, I guess you could kill us. No, can't be done. We could be shot. We could be killed. They could kill us. Well, this is the thing. Is but there we are each other's whole cruxes. Yeah. So, oh, but what if they kill both of us, Steven? It has to be simultaneous. Is that how Horcruxes work? I don't think they ever made sense. Now that it's okay to like shit on <laughs> J.K. Rowling because she's a bad person, Horcrux. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like you can't stuff. kill me until you kill that bug over there. We have oh a deal. My God. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. We're glad you're here. We're glad that you made it. We're here to talk about another episode in this Rocky. To us, I think. I don't know if mm-hmm. everyone sees it that way. The third season of Community. And I want to shout out at the top of our show our $10 and up patrons. And, you know, we, we've lost a couple over, over the over the period of time. And that's okay because often people, you know, being a $10 and up patron, you can do it for a month every now and then. And that's sure. okay. And if you'd like to do that, we encourage that. And we still want to shout out the the loyal two, the, the true to the blue, I guess. Hey, yo. Not not the blue. I don't not know. Not the blue. Maybe we'll take that out. But true we wanna, to the two. True to the two. Mm-hmm. That it, the two ten dollar and up patrons who are Mary Baker Budisa and Danny ooh, M Lugo. Ooh. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. No relation. And no we're we're <laughs> we're really glad that they support us. And we would really love if more people would like to throw some of that love our way. You can support us at patreoncom disappoint podcast. We do all kinds of things over there, like the live pre You Can't Dis a Pre show every week. Uh, we're talking about starting a second rewatch podcast, just like this one, that will be completely exclusive to the Patreon. Yeah. About uh, a topic that I've never really forayed into. Yeah, I'm that very I think excited would be fun. at the, at the, I'm down. At the prospects. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so if you're interested in seeing what that might be, the first people that will get to see what it is are over at patreon.com slash podcast. Support starts at $5, and it helps take this show further. If you don't to want it to go further, I understand. But yeah, <laughs> to the moon, just like what, what was it, Doge? Was that Dogecoin, or was that just Bitcoin? No, yeah, Doge, Doge went crazy. I'm not into that stuff, but I saw the memes. And also a shout out to our community, Papa, at Communities over on Twitter. Uh, he put the first Dogecoin in our knapsack when we were <laughs> but a wee lad. And he took us to the moon many times throughout our lives. And we just really appreciate the support from them and all of the things that they do for the community fandom at large. So if you haven't followed them yet, even though we've been yelling about them for well over a year now, you got to go do that. True. At Communities on Twitter. Thanks for the support, Dad. Thanks, Pops. Steven, what's up? How are you? I'm good, you know, getting back into Chicago life after our, sure. our, our Disney Universal vacay together. One of the very first things I saw after our vacation, after I've dropped you off in Chicago and I'm driving away, uh, just getting onto like the highway, <laughs> was a car that was full out on fire. Mm-hmm. Like it was like Hot half dog. skeleton. It was on fire. It was terrifying. I yeah. had never seen anything like that before. And it was just after having this this glorious, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, tiring but but quite relaxing in its own ways and kind of like a a, mm-hmm. a reset button, which was nice. But then I saw a flaming car as I head back to my everyday life. That was your your snap back to reality. 
Whoa, there goes gravity. Whoa, there goes gravity. No. <laughs> Did you see that Marshall Mathers yeah. is opening a mom spaghetti restaurant? I was just about to, to mention that to you. Yeah. God. I hope it's good. I mean, I'm sure it's I, – I can't imagine it being anything other than just spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to be spectacular – at all i don't think i want marshall anywhere near my italian food no he was like serving it the first day it was open he was like at the window there's a picture of him like hey no, I'm marshall we're in a pandemic <laughs> i don't exactly believe you've been the most careful honestly if i'm being honest <laughs> he's just staying there in, like a vomit covered sweater you want some spaghetti <laughs> did you see uh zach as uh, we're just you know discussing the sure. pop culture news let's do um, it I think we had just left each other when the cast was announced for the new Mario movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Day is Luigi. <laughs> like, look, I know it's cool to hate Chris Pratt right now. I don't really like that he's this, that he, uh, I don't know, most of the thing, I, I'm not totally up to date on why we're not supposed mm-hmm. to like Chris Pratt, but I think a lot of it has to do with the church that he goes to mm-hmm. and, like, gives money to and, like, what that church supports and who they sure. give money to. But with that being pretty bad, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not exactly excited to meet Chris Pratt or to, no. like, watch interviews of Chris Pratt, but I think he's a likable presence on screen still. Mm-hmm. But Mario? Mario. <laughs> and I, that's Jack the same Black with a lot of the Bowser, cast. And I yeah. love Jack Black, but yeah, he'd be a great Waluigi. That's, yes, that's, or Wario. Yeah, Wario. This is what I was really thinking. I always say Waluigi because I like, I like Waluigi, Waluigi too. Mm-hmm. I love Waluigi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there are a lot of great people in the cast, but I don't Seth see Rogen? them as the parts. Is Donkey Kong? I get that. I'm down for that. <laughs> I feel like Donkey Kong in my mind he's played by like... I don't know. I don't have. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's such iconic characters with voices that are not inherent to Earth. You know, it's true. They don't sound like normal people. And I think the live action Super Mario Brothers movie showed that they don't work as real people. They truly don't. So this is going to be something different because it's animated, but it's still already showing that like, I don't think any, I don't think any casting would have been the perfect casting. Well, hey there, Mario. What was that? Was that Marge Simpson as Mario? (laughs) It was uh, Marge Simpson as uh, Luigi. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess why would Mario be saying Mario? Okay, so let's talk about the television program community. We are here back, kind of a refresh for us, starting the last little chunk of season three of Community, and then it's on to the three seasons of Community where a lot is constantly changing. So these are our last handful of episodes. Sure. With the original creatives and the original cast as present as they are. And I'm trying to really uh, appreciate that while we've still got mm-hmm. these seven episodes. It's almost a little mini season to to appreciate these these performances and this writing before things really get messed around and, uh, and affect it for the rest of the show. And we're here to talk about season three, episode 16, Virtual Systems Analysis, which was directed by the great Tristram Shapiro, who directed 24 episodes across the first five seasons of the show. Wow. And written by Matt Murray, whose only other writing credit was Advanced Gay, which Steven liked a lot. I like that episode. 
and it originally aired on April 19th, 2012, and we didn't introduce ourselves at the top of the show. Hi everyone, I'm Zach, and I'm being scary weird instead of cute weird. Hi, I'm Steven, and I wouldn't give a tuppence for that sticky wicket. (laughs) Good work, buddy. Thank you. Well, yeah, uh, we haven't done this in a while. What do we need to do? We're it's, talking it's, about the episode. Is it time for some trivia? I think it's time for some act trivia. Let's do it. Uh, you know, it's been so long since I've felt the sweet, kind of salty drops of act trivia on my tongue. Are there running any promotions right now? Are there any flavors that we can highlight um, before we get into some trivia questions? There is one, Zach. Wow. Uh, as a little bit of a commemoration to our yeah. trip uh, Good to work Florida. On that word. Thank you. Um, they unleashed a new flavor, and I say unleashed, and I do not exaggerate at all, Zachary. Oh, wow. Um, this is a cool split promotion they have where each little tub of Act Trivia. <laughs> you say little, tubs. but they are a gallon. <laughs> they are gallons. Each little tub of Act Trivia yeah. um, is split right down the middle. One half is flavored heaven, and the other half is flavored zombies. To commemorate the road sign we saw that was split in half, and the top half said Jesus in the bottom half were zombies, and it said, choose the living. That was a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we drove through the Midwest to get to Florida, and there were many <laughs> scary religious signs that are like, Jesus is coming. Hell will be there, and like stuff like that, that, like, that are like convert signs. I like just really appreciate them going with a more modern take and saying, and you know what? Hell's not fire and and pain. It's mm. zombies. It's exactly like your favorite TV show, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I zombie. I like I zombie. I liked I zombie as well. Let's get into some trivia from this week's episode. I've got I think five questions for you today. I have five as well, and one, one two, of them three. is a yep. meaty meat. Is it meat. all the shit that Troy said? No. Okay. Well, then let's start. I'll give you one. What does Mm -hmm. the dean refer to his cane as? Oh, that's a putting on the Ritz cane. I'm sure there's got to be another name for it, but that's good. I love the dean in this episode. Um, Okay, my first one. What are the cage-free burritos at Senior Kevin's Uh made from? Well, more specifically, the tortillas. Oh, shit. Ugh. I remember that line so clearly, Mm -hmm. but that... They were like non-commercial. I don't remember what it was. What um, was it? They, the tortillas were made from a hundred percent microfinanced flour. Okay, yeah, I did not have that. Wow, and you said one of them is really meaty. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for all that meat. Oh, I'm I'm firing on all my trivia cylinders this week, Zach. Wow. Okay, how accurate is Abed's simulation of Chang? Um. About half accurate? Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was what he said. Yeah, fifty percent. Which to be fair, to pin down a Chang to fifty yeah. percent is pretty wildly good. erratic. Yeah. You do not get the same thing each time you, you meet Chang. Mm-hmm. Um what season of Inspector Space Time had Constable Rosamond? Mm, season f- not season five, that's when the other one was, right? Or is it season five? It's you're not giving me anything. Oh, well, I don't know what it is. If it's uh, Season 5? Season 5 is correct, Zach. Okay, cool. They did not actually tell what season Genevieve was from, just that okay. it was the worst one. Okay, okay. Wow, Steven, you're bringing it. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Look at us. 
Look at us. Who'd have thought? Not me. I'm not doing so well. What does Troy invent in 2019? Mine are all softballs. Ah, that was, uh, oh, well, it's dance pants, but was it 2019 or 2009? He says Troy goes on to invent. Why would he go back in time? To, he hasn't, he hasn't done it yet. Oh, is this after 2009? 2012. Oh yeah. 2019. The show started in 2009. <laughs> This is, that was one of my questions, but I had the wrong year. <laughs> um, but now it's your turn. Um, <laughs> we're back, folks. Why is Troy more turned on by women in pajamas than lingerie? He just wants them to be comfortable. Exactly. It's true. I, I admire that. That's mm-hmm. nice of him. What will Abed take up in his free hours from the Dreamatorium? This is near the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what he says. It's yoga. And then Annie yoga. says, you have the He's body got a great for body it. for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is uh, going to be my last question. Okay. But it's a, it's one that could be a little tricky. Okay. Name at least oh, God. five of the seven things that oh, Annie God. says to intentionally sound like Abed. Like throughout the episode or is it in one It's part? all in one scene. There's like four Ooh. clustered together. Then, uh, Ooh. Ooh. Uh... Oh, God mm-hmm. damn. I remember she says one that's this kind of uh, uh, obscure movie that starts with a Z. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember what it's called. And now the pressure's on and I am not living up to it. I Does she say, because I don't think that's when she says like cool, cool, cool in Star Wars. It is. Okay, so there's two. So the there's movie two. that starts with a Z. Fuck. I, I like know the movie. It's this movie with... um. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's got, like, Sean Connery in it, and he's in this, like, bikini thing where, like, just nice. his penis and, like, shoulders are covered. Nice. Zoltar? That's close. I'll give what you is the it? Z movie. Zardoz. What is it? Zardoz. Man, okay, I think that's the best I'm going to do, though. Okay, so he, she says, Star Wars, Zardoz, Cougar Town, cool, cool, cool. Oh, Cougar and then he's Town. Like, then he's like, stop it, and then she goes... Pop culture, pop culture. I'm on a TV show. And then the last one. <laughs> that was a funny moment. As she turns into Abed, Meta Meta. Oh, yeah. May they rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> the Meta Meta podcast. The community podcast podcast. Okay. I have one more for you. What did Abed spill on the couch last week? Code red. I really like how Love Abed responds there. to that. He's like, oops, oops. crafty. <laughs> That was okay. really funny. You did fact. a good job this week, Steven. Me, not so much. But let's see what the good people have sent into us this week over at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com, where you can always send in your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your episode MVP for each week's episode. Next week is Basic Lupine Urology, the Law and Order episode. So get some questions in for us. What do we got? All right. This first one is from our proud, proud daddy o Oh, Matic Communis mm. says, Hi, guys. It's to both of us this time, Zachy. Good. Um, that's nice. Hope the vacation balanced your chi or helped you chill in general. Is he implying that we're not chill? I wouldn't. Well, I was going to say, I would never exactly <laughs> describe us as a chill bunch. <laughs> Truly. Um, this episode is so one of no. my favorites. I didn't see this story coming, and I think yeah. I watched it on repeat for a week. A little extra to chew on. 
There's an exchange about Florgons between Annie and Abed where she first calls them Blogons, Blogon. and the reason it exists is because when the fans filled out the original wiki, they had written the term down as Blogons, but when they were told it was spelled Blorgons, the fans went back and corrected every reference, and this was Dan's way of saying thank you in Blorgon. Aww. Um, also, the director, Tristram Shapiro, said in an interview with Alex that this episode broke him. They were getting rewrites sure. moments before scenes were shot, and after a long week, he had to walk away for a bit and gather himself. Wow. There are a couple of... Well, okay. I'm not going to get quite into what I think about the episode yet. Uh, mm-hmm. But one thing that... There's one moment in the episode where I can tell pretty specifically that they've moved from one time to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like towards the end of the episode when... Annie and Abed end up in the Inspector Space Time spaceship one more time. There's like mm-hmm. a part where you can tell that they went in and added some stuff. I yeah. Uh, and they mentioned it in the commentary kind of, so it made it made it stand out to me on my last watch. Nice. Uh, do we have questions? Did, did um, Daddy send us some? There's, yes, there's still more to the email. Uh, my MVP is Abed playing Jeff. Easily the one part that could have mm. failed and cheapened the episode, but Jewel sure. made it work. Chang had one moment and it was perfect. Really, I love this episode. Have a great one, guys. Communities. Matt. Thanks. You um, too, Daddy. Here's the trivia. Oh, trivia checklist. Um, what kind of burrito does Britta want to try? Wow. So we talked about it a little bit. It's d- Is vegan in the title? Um, it's cage-free, cage-free beans. Cage-free bean burrito. Bean burrito with, man, what was it? 100% microfinance flour, microfinance flour. flour. Yeah. Um, number two, what was the name of the constable from season five who only had three lines it's not the g one it's the other one rosamund. i don't l Ro, rose what rosamund rosamund mm-hmm. um okay number three why did annie suggest pillows for the moroccan feel party um because they don't have enough chairs yes correct um i think maybe <laughs> matt like took some Adderall before writing this email sure. because he like gave the answers right after the question and then had a separate section with the answers down there sure. too. And then, well, says, he knows how easy it is for us to get lost. He just yeah, wanted to make fair it enough. really it says, easy for us. There are seven words in this email that start with CH chi, chill, chu, chang, cheapened checklist and chairs. That's so Abed to end an email that way. It is. That's very Abed. And I feel like checklist was added just to add another CH word. Mm. How many I were there like in total? It. Seven? Seven. Seven's a great number. It is. Yeah. Well done. Thank you, Dad. Thanks, Pops. And I'll be giving you seven cheers. Ch-ch-ch-chia. To that email. Thank you for writing in. Yes, All right. Always. Next, we have an email from Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. It's been a while, but I'm finally caught up on your pods after taking nice. a break this summer. Sure. We get it. We need to take a break from ourselves sometimes, too. <laughs> this is Mira's, my co-host on the pod you killed. Did we kill it? We murdered it? Well, I think we killed it because the last thing they recorded and then it's never true. released was an interview with us. I wish that that would see the light of day sometime. 
Um, but this I is also Mirrors feel like don't I don't I feel like we're allowed to say we killed it. You know what I mean? That makes me feel bad. <laughs> they can do a podcast. I didn't mean no, to kill it. Well, I did unplug all oh, their Steven electricity in their house. Sure. It was me. Yeah. Um, I was wearing my community gloves, but they're a little too small, so they won't know. Um, <laughs> this is Mira's favorite episode, and I have come to love it more each time I watch it. Nice. I love Annie and Abed together, and the bit at the end in the locker is perfect. Mm-hmm. I love nearly every part of this episode, but the Dean and his costume are my favorite of the whole series. Totally. Pretty top tier. Um, trivia. Who is filming the end tag? Garrett. Garrett. Oh, because they do say his name. Nice. So stop rolling, Garrett. Um, name at least three of Troy's confessions under the truth serum. Doesn't um, know anything about cried- wine. He cried to the About a Boy soundtrack. He understands why women could find Clive Owen attractive, which means... And it's to the point he might just be attractive to him. And uh, 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 I didn't get Inception, obviously. Yeah. Really good ones. Um, So glad to be back listening to you guys. I've missed you boys. Brian Thurman. Well, thank you so much. We've missed you too. In the time you've been gone, I like to think we've become men. Men, 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 men. And since you've been gone a while, we'll catch you up to speed. We are no longer a community podcast. We do cover two and a half men. Uh, So today we're talking about season 18, episode 37 of Two and a Half Men. The Corpse of Charlie Sheen. Uh, Did we do it? Are there questions? We did it. That was it. it. Thanks for the emails. That was great. Let's move on to the next thing, which uh, we're shaking off a little rust. That's okay. But let's see if that rust carries over to our next segment in which, Stephen, do you even remember that you do this? You've got 20 seconds on the clock to tell us everything that happens. And boy, oh boy, is this a loaded episode to come back to and try to recap after a break. Stephen, it's time to find out as a hollowed nation on these hollowed grounds did Steven Did watch Steven the episode watch this the week? the episode this week. How you feeling, man? Do you think it's, it's going to be a, a high B at least? I think that I'll be lucky to scrape a C plus out of this. All right. Well, let's find out. I'm going to on go. We'll start this off. Three, two, one, go. Okay. They've got a long lunch break because the teacher's sick. So they're going to all go different places. Abed wants to go to the Dreamatorium, but Annie wants Britta and Troy to go on a date. She tells them to go, so she goes to the Dreamatorium instead. Abed feels left out. She's like, he's not needed if Troy gets a girlfriend. And she's like, he's not important. Then they go into the Dreamatorium, and everybody is Abed, and Abed is everybody. And they all say they don't need Abed, but Annie needs Abed, and she teaches Abed that everyone needs him. Then he learns Stop. empathy. You, the thing that you didn't say that I wish you would have said was, like, that uh, Annie, like, broke Abed. And, yeah. um and like messed up with the dreamatorium mm-hmm. but you did okay mm-hmm. but i like that's a pretty big thing i wish you would have put that in the sequence sure um man but you did okay it was a little like you milked those seconds as much as you could you're like mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. yeah uh so i'm between a b and a b plus and i'm wow. kind of leaning towards a b I'll, but that's I'm, a pretty good show i'm for not grateful. feeling too confident thank you you didn't think you did well I, you did you did all right. Yeah, I did get more than I thought I would. Proud of you, buddy. Thanks, thanks. Well, what do we still have to do? Let's talk about our favorite funny moments of the episode. I have two. Uh, the first is obviously, well, I guess not super obviously because you would think the dean. Uh, but I put Truth Serum Troy. He's so nice. funny. Yeah, and also when great. you look at it from the layer of it's 
Abed imitating <laughs> a Troy breakdown being acted yeah. by Donald Glover. It's hilarious. I, I called that out. And the second thing was the simulated slap when Andy that was slapped really Shirley. That was funny. Uh, I'm glad we have two different ones. So I I did do the Dean opening. I think it's, it's just so funny. Yeah, it's, of course. It's great. Um, and my other one that Craig. made me laugh so hard, and oh. I don't know how funny this actually is, <laughs> but when after he announced, he's like, and then Emmy nominee Pierce Hawthorne, <laughs> and Shirley's like, Pierce, you're out of your room, and he's like, I thought I, I was I'm on, on a train. train. <laughs> that <laughs> makes me laugh, just like the flat delivery of, I think I'm on a train. And then later <laughs> on, he's like, this is a private car or something like yeah. that. <laughs> that made me laugh. Because, you know, Chevy watched this week, I'm saying Chevy now too. That's just okay. To... I'll try. I'll try oh to shit! Better. That's why he did the CHs. <laughs> and here we were being like weirdo. Why are you calling out shit like that? We've been gone a while. We're up to speed now. You know oh he heard God. that first part, and he was like, "Come on, guys! Like, come on! It's right there." And now he's here, and he's like, "You f-ing idiots! I'm gonna take the belt out tonight for sure." That is not taking us to Disney anytime soon. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, God damn it. Yeah, but Chevy was in this episode a couple times, and I thought they were all fine. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at the point where I can't remember which is correct now. Yeah. Well, I I don't. I don't think it. I get. I, I I don't know. I think it's whatever we want. It's it up to, to the author's interpretation, yeah. really. Like, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Uh, one fruit of those things. Salad. Yeah. Yummy, yummy. Fruit salad. Fruit salad. <laughs> uh, yes, but that was what I thought were the funniest moments <laughs> for me. Good. I also really enjoyed the end tag. Yeah, the end tag is really funny, and how excited Annie is, and then Troy like being like, uh, 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 and like pulling the thing out of his pocket and yeah. putting it in the camera. <laughs> do, 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 do. That was really funny. Let's talk about this episode. Man, is this a uniquely community episode of television? Mm-hmm. I don't think many shows could pull off an episode that is this daring in form of structure and and how they tell the story and what they do with the characters the only thing i can think of that comes close to this is that one episode of the good place where it's all janet yeah it this feels a lot like that but community did it really well way before that and way before and they do it really well and i don't think many shows could pull this off uh, apparently this is an episode that is kind of uh, mixed in the fandom but i'll just say right off the bat really? that maybe it's after coming off from a few weeks but i damn near adored this episode from the I think first time great. i watched it i think it's so funny i've had some problems with abed so far this season and this episode shows how much of that was intentional mm-hmm. that i was constantly saying well abed's usually not this inconsiderate of of, of people and it shows that that's intentional they were building towards something and i had kind of lost sight of that and in an episode that that fixes that abed problem it also highlights the whole cast and yeah. annie specifically in a way that the show doesn't get to do very often in this time especially of not this season it's a tremendously deep episode there's a lot of text and subtext it's it's a totally fuddled mess in a really fun way where you're like wait where are they who what's going on and man it's really really fun and it's funny and it made me feel a lot and i loved it 
I would go so far, Zach, to say that this episode is easily probably in my top five this season. I think I'd go higher than that. I think this might be my number two behind it's really high Remedial up for Chaos me. Theory. What else is towards the top? Um, I think I like regional holiday music a lot because it's really funny. Yeah, but I like this one better than that. I like Pillows and Blankets. I like this one quite a bit better than that. I like documentary filmmaking. That one's close for me. But I think that this has a really good shot at being It's so top good. Two, top three, yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. I could see this being like, and I remember watching this episode a little bit younger and it kind of going over my head and being kind of confused by it. I didn't, I remembered this episode, but I didn't remember it as being a standout like this. I remember yeah. it being pretty like inaccessible at the time. And I didn't feel that way about it at all this time. Uh, to no. where this might be a surprise contender for, like, not quite Mount Rushmore, but maybe my top 15, 20 episodes of the series. It's a great episode. It's a really, I really good really episode. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you felt the same way. I almost got a mm-hmm. vibe that you didn't at No, first. I really liked this one. Well, for the first time in a while for us, let's get right into it. A booska do we can too. The opening scene's really great. Again, I've said it a thousand times how well community always... Uh, settled settles us into the weird stuff that they're going to do this week. They never, mm-hmm. th- there's always a, a nice, comfortable beginning and end with the study table. And I don't know, it starts off with a funny enough Pierce bit if we're going to do some chevy wash. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it starts right here with his, uh, what is it? Kevin, please come over for gay for sex. Gay sex. Yeah. What did you think about this bit? I thought that was kind of funny. I think it's really funny that before anybody said anything, they all looked at each other because they're like, oh, Pierce did it again. I think this is one of my favorite Jeff episodes. In a while. Season. Yeah. Sure. I think even like the opening sequence, I mean, Joel McHale always gives a really good performance, but here, I mean, he's, it's one of the ones where he's super engaged and firing from the beginning. Even like He gets to kind of be the gym sometimes where he's the perfect face to cut to when someone's done mm-hmm. something ridiculous. But yeah. it goes farther than Jim because he can also be the one who's doing something ridiculous, which mm-hmm. I like. They all kind of argue for a second, like, well, why didn't you say Karen? Because it's gay sex dummy, which, first of all, I do not like the lesbian erasure that Pierce sure. is doing there. It can still be gay sex with Karen. This it's clearly true. paints a picture that <laughs> that that mm-hmm. Pierce has painted himself into this scenario. Yeah. Because if there's a Karen, it wouldn't be gay sex because he's there. He's there, exactly. It can't still be gay sex with two women because that means he's not a part of it. And he's him being a part of it is the whole thing of the That's mnemonic the device. That's why he's there. But then you could have said great instead of gay. Now I can't remember anything. That was a pretty <laughs> good Chevy delivery. Yeah. And honestly, I think maybe there's one bit that he has that isn't my favorite and he doesn't show up a ton, but same to how you found that one bizarre train Emmy Award contender mm-hmm. uh, Pierce Hawthorne <laughs> bit. It, it's pretty funny, and and it's not the least engaged uh, Chevy's no, been in the series lately. And I didn't mind it. I, I thought he had some zingers in this one. So they're all cramming for this final that's coming up, uh, but that doesn't really last for very long because the dean rushes in. Uh, well, we'll, 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 we'll untangle all of this. The point is he's coming in to tell them, uh, on one hand, he has good news and bad news. On one hand, Professor Kane, uh, rest in peace to Michael K. Williams, that's mm-hmm. still on the mind, uh, and the mention of him, I don't know, it'll, in a, in a couple yeah. episodes, he'll be, he'll be, or in next week, he'll be back, and it'll, it'll, I'm sure it'll be kind of a, 
uh, disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, so just the mention of him made me th- made me think of it a little bit. But he's here to say that Professor Kane is out sick, and uh, so their biology class is canceled, which means their their test is pushed back. But that doesn't even matter because it's just a setup for the duality of man. <laughs> Where, I don't know, there's this kind of obscure musical, I don't remember if it was Liza Minnelli or Judy Garland that was the one that did it, but it's called Victor Victoria, and Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's a play where a woman plays a man and a woman and is in this type of getup. So it made me think of that kind of thing. It looks great. The the cut down the middle is just absolutely perfect. perfect. The way that he, like, uh, hobbles from the regular shoe to the high heel and the way he holds his straight pant leg and his dress leg, it's so great. But The half wig, yes, it's, just, it's better than it possibly could be. It's Absolutely. just so good. Absolutely. It's so good. And, man, Jim Rash eats up anything, but this is just, man, it's just I'm flawless. pretty sure there's even, like, the makeup on his face is, like, split, too. Yeah, he's got uh, lipstick on lipstick, one half. yeah. But what it would be any other sitcom could do this joke, and that's the joke, and that's it. But Community takes it even farther by then making it dark, where (laughs) this isn't a regular sitcom. Characters can't just do something for a joke and then not have to deal with it as they walk away from the situation. The Dean probably spent hours putting this Mm -hmm. costume together. Clearly, the show Community has makeup people that put this on Jim Rash, but Dean Craig Pelton did this himself. Yeah. That impeccably. I'm sure it took hours, and really, it was for this one bit. And he (laughs) realizes as he's leaving the study room that, like, what have I done? It reminds (laughs) me of that Tim Robinson skit. We talk about Tim Robinson too much, but there's one where he's, like, uh, on a on a prank show, and he's under all this latex like costume to uh, disguise. And then when he gets out in public, and he's supposed to like act silly, he's like, "What am I doing? <laughs> this is I don't want too be much." Here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the dean very much has that similar moment where he says, "I have to go to the bank today." <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to tell them? I had good news and bad and bad news. news. A little bit before that bit ends, uh, the the group sets up on leaving and what they're going to do with this extra time since they don't have biology class. They're going to take a long lunch and everyone wants to do different things with it. Uh, Abed wants he and Troy to go to the Dreamatorium and spend that time together. Uh, if they, t- Abed says if they don't eat, they can make believe an entire episode of Inspector Space Time in the Dreamatorium, <laughs> which is cute. And, and Troy's down, but Annie, a little bit ago at the table... Uh, uh, Britta and Troy kind of gave each other some googly eyes, mm-hmm. and Annie took notice of it. And uh, this episode honestly goes way deeper with Annie getting involved in this type of thing than when I thought it would, and yeah. in a really, I think, satisfying way because it does seem totally innocent and cute that Annie wants to kind of help out Britta and Troy. They're obviously mm-hmm. kind of into each other. So Annie kind of takes Troy away from Abed and kind of forces Troy and Britta into an alone lunch together, which they're totally fine with, but uh, Annie's kind of making it happen, and she kind of pushes herself into the dreamatorium with Abed, and it's clear that Abed isn't, uh, uh, like, comfortable with this, that he doesn't know how to react to this. And at the top of this episode, it kind of is in good continuity with what I haven't liked about Abed lately because he's mm-hmm. being a little inconsiderate. He should be able... Yeah. E- Abed isn't as far removed from the people he spends his time with 
as he can be in his worst moments, right? Mm-hmm. He's got to be able to tell that Troy has a crush on Britta or vice versa. They spend all of their time together. Uh, he's got to know, and he he should be open to them spending time together. Totally. And he needs to, you know, I think that Abed wouldn't be so far gone that, like, he wouldn't want that for Troy, you know? Sure. It's pretty selfish. And he's mm-hmm. been kind of selfish this season. And I love that we get this episode that dives really, really deep into it and and doesn't kind of give a clear solution, but does a lot of really great stuff with it. Man, this was a fun episode. Yeah. I liked Abed's here when Annie's trying to be like, come on, let them go to lunch together. And Abed's, is this a social cue? That (laughs) That was pretty funny. funny. The Dean comes back uh, this to finish off that bit as we were kind of talking about because he left his putting on the Ritz cane and he had to get it. And he really just wanted to come back because on top of getting the cane, he has just reflected on what he's doing with his life and he doesn't feel great about it. And the study group just don't react at all. (laughs) This man is bearing his soul to them and they're just empty. Come on, Craig, (laughs) get your life together. This is Oscar-winning Jim Rash performing top the tier. ass out of that costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Dean is probably in 2% of this episode, right? And mm-hmm. he and the episode really has nothing to do with that bit, but this bit is so iconic that it transcends this episode, and it's just kind of part of the community pantheon. Everyone knows that costume, and everyone knows that I have to go to the bank today. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> It's just so, so iconic. Funny. It's so good. And it's in a great episode that's good mm-hmm. outside of it. After, let's talk about this for a second. After the theme song, we get kind of a pseudo Doctor Who intro that's for Inspector Space Time, but with mm-hmm. Abed and Annie as they're prepping up their play scene in the Dreamatorium. What is your entry point? Do you have any familiarity with Doctor Who? I know a little bit about it. I've never watched it, and I've never had big interest to watch it i appreciate it for what it is and i get like if i see somebody in the costume or with the little like screwdriver thingy i know what it is yeah but that's about where it where it ends i really wanted to get into doctor who but i am such uh i'm so anal retentive when it comes to watching tv that Mm -hmm. Uh, it's hard for me to start with like the reboot, even though a lot of people say that I can, and I have no desire to start with like the oh, 1920s God, no. talkies of Doctor Who, right? But hey, I did man, try at one point. Time travel. <laughs> I did try at one point to watch uh, like the first season of the reboot, and it's fine. It's with good. David Tennant. Like it? No, there was someone before David Tennant. Ah. Uh, that was just on for one season. It was Christopher Eccleston. Hmm. And I, I know David Tennant's it. the one that all the girls are like, ooh. Yeah, he was after that. Hmm. And then Matt Smith. And then it was they like have a black one now, right? Oh. I think it's still the girl. I think maybe they're, they've get gotten there. so weird with the show. Where, well, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, there are so many when, <laughs> women our first Doctor Who podcast. Mm-hmm. You meant the black people, but I meant when we get to that episode <laughs> on our Doctor Who rewatch podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I don't. I think it's still a lady, but I, the show does this thing where 
a bunch of different people are the doctor that show up all the time. I don't really get it, but I thought I know enough of it. Well, because that that's the only conceivable universe where there could be a lady doctor is if everyone's right. the doctor. I see right. where they're going. Yeah, the liberals. Okay, fine. We'll just make everyone the doctor now. <laughs> everyone's James Bond. Everyone's Batman. <laughs> this little intro sequence with Abed was cute. I liked mm-hmm. all of it. He's bound to protect a universe of innocent unremarkables. I thought this was really cool of being reminiscent of the Doctor Who intro, which I have seen, but not exactly copying it. It's totally its own thing. Um, We're getting close to a season four episode that makes me never want to see anything about Inspector Space Time ever again. And I hate it because I don't mind it yet. This episode takes it the farthest they've gone with it, but they do it really well. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're getting close to where they go even farther with it that it makes me, like, pre-annoyed, if that tracks. Yeah, I wish that I... Luckily, I don't remember the episode well enough to already dislike it, but I remember not liking the episode. I like the scene with Annie and Abed uh, in the Dreamatorium, but with the facade up of being in the spaceship from the show. And I love that Annie is trying so hard. And I just want to say from the beginning that I think there are a lot of things that are subtext in this episode. I don't know how much of it is on purpose, but I'm sure a lot of it is, that just feels so true to what it's like to try to be there for and help mm-hmm. out someone who's uh, like severely autistic. You know, sure. I'm not an expert in the topic, and I don't want to sound like an idiot, so I'm not going to speak too much to it because I, I respect people that are autistic. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way that Annie here is trying really hard to do this play pretend the right way, yeah. and to Abed, it makes it even more annoying because she just doesn't get it, and she has to get it. And a mm-hmm. big part of this episode is Annie going on a journey to kind of get to how she can like reason with Abed and Mm -hmm. you've got to get to him a certain way. And I feel like without all the make-believe, that's a lot what it's like for a parent or spouse or relative of someone who is autistic that you kind of need to learn how to play by their rules the right way. And you need to like respect their process. So then you can kind of be on the same page as them and and Mm -hmm. bring up some more difficult topics and i thought this episode did a really good job of uh, of of talking about that in a way that doesn't make it too dark it's still a really funny and creative and breezy and and technically astounding episode of a sitcom Mm -hmm. definitely but here annie is trying so hard to be a good friend to abed and to do the right thing but she doesn't really know the show that they're pretending she doesn't know the names of stuff her her british accent is 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 something <laughs> it's great cuz she is she is trying she probably knows okay this show is like sciency and british and i'm going to go yeah. with that Yep, that's about it. I, I walk by while they're watching it sometime. I've seen it, quantum something. Mm-hmm. And then we get the first moment in the episode where Abed takes us out of the pretend sequence and the spaceship fades away and all of a sudden we're in the dreamatorium. And I can't say enough about how spectacular I think all that they do with that in this episode is. The way that they so effortlessly take us from one place to another, from one set of characters to another, and then can immediately take them back to this empty space. 
uh, the way that Abed moves from person to person and it's manifested on screen, uh, the voice editing where he like slips into the oh, voices yeah. of the people, just so many small details that I'm sure were really hard to nail out the the right way to make it all happen based on the way they usually film this show. It's not usually that technical and there's a no. lot of technical stuff to this episode and I feel like the effects hold up really really well the special effects are so much better than they could be for a sitcom tv show especially yeah. one that this aired like almost 10 years ago and it's a season three of a struggling nbc sitcom that doesn't have a ton of money for their show i'm no, sure no and it just shows how good of so many of the team behind this show were yeah in talent so it's great abed takes them out of the pretend and they're back in the dreamatorium and the conflict kind of begins to arise where Abed is kind of mad or annoyed with Annie, not just because she's not doing a good job at pretending, but because she took Troy away from him for the day. And Annie's frustrated with Abed because for the same reasons that I've been kind of frustrated with Abed. Yeah. It's a little selfish of him. And Troy shouldn't have to always like walk on tiptoes to, to make Abed happy. I mean, Abed... Mm-hmm is a grown man at this point yeah. and they've only known each other for three years or less in the in the universe now i know that like codependent or like dependent relationships can can form that quickly and be that strong but mm-hmm. abed should be able to let his person go for a little bit yeah especially when they're like in a platonic relationship mm-hmm. i agree so what do you think about the the struggle here do you think there's a right or wrong because it, it, i, don't I know think that, there is. that- it's hard because you're not dealing with someone who maybe is going to see things the same way that mm-hmm. the average person would, right? We know that Abed has some things that make him process information differently, right? So he doesn't see it as, oh, Troy is just out with Britta. He's seeing this as Annie's driving a wedge between Troy and myself, and we've and already had a difficult happen, time and later. And this happen, and so on and so on. Exactly. And so he sees it as such a such a dire like emergency situation. And I think it's probably really frustrating to him that Annie is not able to see that. Yeah. And she's brushing it off as like, get over it. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm here. I'm doing the same thing you want. And you have to like cut it out. You have to think about other people's feelings. And I think Abed, you know, is a little bit dramatic about it, of course. But to him, that's. You know, even though I'm sure he's playing it to a degree, I mean, he knows that he's not actually like the dreamatorium. Like he, it's a dreamatorium. He didn't call it a time machine or a transport or something like that. But like so many things for people with uh, neurodivergence, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that that is real to an extent, mm-hmm. or, or like literally this machine that Abed we're about to see that he's built with tubes and stuff that's clearly not real. And sure, mm-hmm. Abed knows that he built that with tubes and stuff, and that yeah. doesn't make a machine, but it makes his thoughts make sense. It's like, yeah. it's like a structure that he can build to put some rules to the abstract things that don't have mm-hmm. rules. So sure, he's being a little dramatic, and, and it's not real, but uh, I don't think Annie totally respects how real it is to, like, his mental health. Mm-hmm. Sure. Especially here in a moment, which I think is here. Uh, well, we get first Abed introduces Annie to that engine that we talked about. And then Annie totally disrespects it, kind of. Even though, well, sh- disrespect is maybe the wrong term because it's toys. It's 
Oh, wait, we totally skipped the scene where uh, Abed first access Troy yeah. and Britta, which is a really great scene, and I don't want to skip over it because we get both... First, while they're in the Dreamatorium, Abed doing great impressions. Which I of love both how Troy they did this, where they show you first what Annie sees. I think a lot of shows would have had the simulation and then cut he to this. He presses the as button the joke. and then immediately they're in the yeah. other room or something. And I think it's so much funnier having it start with what's actually happening in front of Annie and her yeah. witnessing this and being like, "Oh my god!" And then, <laughs> and throughout the episode, they do a great job of we get kind of lost in the simulation and we mm-hmm. see when Annie does too. Yeah. Because this whole time, these characters are in that space. But I don't know. I've Nothing like this, but I've been in situations where I have like a really intense conversation with someone where you kind of feel like you're in your own area mm. of time and space for a while. And there are moments in this episode where Annie loses sight of the make-believe and yeah. sees things for real. And I think the way that the show frames it is kind of genius yeah man those neopets chat rooms get intense (laughs) yeah they sure do (laughs) but yeah the way all of the facades fade away whether it's the dreamatorium fading into where they are or vice versa and then here we see troy and britta at the lunch table at the only restaurant set that the community set builders (laughs) are gonna build and there's a light over the person that abed is embodying at the time and then there's like a dreamatorium grid-like outline of abed that goes back and forth from the people as they're talking so first he's troy and then he's britta and also you hear danny pooty's voice fade into donald glover's voice or fade Mm -hmm. into gillian jacob's voice and wow it's just maybe one one of the most creative things this show has done at this point it reminds me a lot of that episode of the good place now that i'm on that train of thought yeah And when everyone went so crazy about that episode, which I think they should, that's a great episode of TV, I don't know if Community got its, like, props, because they definitely paved the way for that. Mm -hmm. I like the way that Abed even has to embody the guy who works at the restaurant who he knows hates Die Hard, and he can't ever go (laughs) to that restaurant because he hates Die Hard, so he has to include that guy and how much of an asshole he is into it. I feel like Die Hard's on the list of movies you have not seen. It certainly is. I, I know think I that to, it's I worth should. watching. I'm sure it is. One, Rickman, two, and four. Oh, I don't know about all that. I'll probably watch the first one. The second one has Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'll watch the first one, and if I'm in love with it, I'll watch sure. the second one. Well, do you like but Bruce I, Willis? I mean, the things I've seen him in are like Pulp Fiction and Friends. So, so Bruce Willis know. does not have a bad movie, in my opinion, that I've seen. That oh, that is not true. Give me a bad Bruce Willis movie. I'll wait. He makes like five movies a year, and you haven't heard of any of them. That tells me there's plenty. <laughs> They're all deep cuts, man. All I know from working at the video store that all the time it would be like Bruce Willis in <laughs> Jesus Christ's Bodyguard or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I've never seen Die Hard, and I when know that he I need comes to see back. You gotta come through me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, of course, played by Keanu Reeves. Yeah, um, and Satan is Nicolas Cage, <laughs> and they're all just there for a paycheck. I'm back too. Steven Seagal is the the, the is God the Father. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Bieber as Gabriel the Angel. Whoa, there's no way they could get Bieber. It's one of the Hanson guys. <laughs> Who was the guy, Cody Simpson, as... (laughs) Oh, 
But yeah, Die Hard. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I know I need to. It's on the list. It's but, good. Man, there's so many movies, and I only get to live for 120 years. I, pause button real quick. We're going to yeah. get back to the show in a second. Sure. Zach has never seen The Lion King. I've seen the Broadway musical. I've seen The Lion King one and a half. Oh, no. You're kidding. No. You watched that, but not The Lion King? Sure. <laughs> Well, I don't. Well, okay. I don't think I watched it because it was the age of personal media. I didn't have a copy of it. They weren't mm-hmm. really showing it on Disney Channel all the time. Sure, and that was back when Disney's put their movies in the vault, so they'd only and have it a certain came out. You could buy at a time. Yeah, we didn't have a copy of it. It came out in the late '90s, so I wasn't really aware when it came out. Mm. I That's just fair. missed I'll it, and then I one. never got to it. But Same I need to Beauty watch it. Beast. I know it's a classic. What? Same with Beauty and the Beast. Never, Same situation. Yeah, never heard of it. Ah, it's a. It's this show where Ron Perlman rides on the top of this train car. Mm-hmm. Everything that I just said is true. Unfortunately, Harry Potter's in that one, right? Yeah. Come on, Buckbeak. Okay, so Annie is not exactly impressed with Abed at first because all he's doing is impressions of the people, and that's true. That's all any of this is. But mm-hmm. Annie doesn't see how. Okay, Annie labeling Abed as non-empathetic I think is inaccurate I think he's so tied up in all of this not just because of how it affects him but because of how everything that happens to any of these people affects them and him I think he is empathetic but he gets so tied up in how every little thing can like throw things out of whack that he becomes unresponsive and uh, and less accessible to the people around him, even though he cares about them so much. Yeah, I think he, he's aware of other people's feelings and that he does care about how things will affect people, which is why he has this kind of self-image of his place in the group. Sure. But I also think that Abed is a little selfish sometimes, whereas he's like, well, the way that it, the way that's best is is the way that I think is best. And I right. think that that, like you said, doesn't mean that he's doesn't care about other people's feelings. It just means that he is going to prioritize the, the way that he thinks his is best to do it. O- mm-hmm. over going out of his comfort zone to help the people that he cares about. It's really interesting, and I like so much that this episode of the show is making us think about the characters in this way. I really love when they do stuff like this. And I think that they chose... Annie to be the person to go along this journey with Abed was such a good choice. I love that the dynamic that they build. Yeah. I love the way that Annie gets mad at Abed. I love I, I just love it. I love them acting off of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh there are a couple of I think if I had to go outside of that, it would have been interesting to see a version of this episode where it was Shirley. Yeah. But outside of that, I think Annie is like the 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 best choice. They they well, work and so I well think that Annie other. consistently pushes Abed to like grow. Well, yes, more but so it, than a lot of other people in the group. But how we see in this episode is that Annie does an awful lot of just pushing in general. Yeah. And she loses sight, just like Abed loses sight. And really, the whole point of this episode goes on to be that they're a lot more in common uh, in the, in their faults than what they initially thought. And mm-hmm. that's why they're able to get on the same level by the end of it. Man, what an episode that... I, I was just talking to Lily last night about how I hate how 
the community writer's room is so clearly a boys club that didn't ever know exactly what to satisfyingly do with the female characters. But mm-hmm. what a satisfying episode for Annie here that tells yeah. Mark. I almost think this is as much, if not more, Annie's episode than it is Abed's episode. I agree. Because Annie is like the audience. She's us in this episode. And mm-hmm. we're in Abed's mind. We don't always see a ton of Abed throughout the episode. Yeah, true. I like all of the moments when Annie leaves the dreamatorium and there's always that like hard cut to reality. It happens mm-hmm. later when she's like walking out of the, the hospital school and like the music stops. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's always like a hard like snap. Whoa, there goes gravity, right? And yeah. right back to reality. Can't go back to his mobile home that easy. I both don't like and do like this conversation here uh troy calls annie to check up on abed and and troy shouldn't have to do that but he does yeah. and it's wholesome i think it's really nice that britta doesn't seem to mind i do too because i think that britta knows how important abed is to troy and i think that she likes that the wrong significant other or the wrong first date not that this is exactly a date but mm-hmm. the the wrong person would be totally off put by that absolutely Let's talk about uh, Troy and Britta for a second, because mm-hmm. this episode, it, it definitely shows us that they're still thinking about Troy and Britta. They want us to be thinking about Troy and Britta. This, does this feel like their first date? Is it supposed to be? Do they take it as a date at all, do you think? I don't know that Troy thinks it's a date, but I think that Troy knows that he likes Britta. That and they like spending that time with each other. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that Britta is thinking of it as a date either, but I think Britta is thinking of it as a precursor too. Sure. It's real cute. The way they smile at each other makes me feel real nice inside. Mm -hmm. It sucks that there's only six episodes left of season three, and then so many things change, and then Troy and Britta quickly become annoying. So Annie talks Troy into thinking that Abed is okay, and Troy feels better and lets the phone call go. And Annie is just annoyed that Troy and people have to bend over backwards or whatever she says to Mm -hmm. make Abed feel comfortable. So she leaves this phone conversation thinking that she's going to do something to to switch that up to show that Abed is is an adult and, and he can deal with things just like the rest of us can. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the restaurant, the <laughs> waiter, not Abed playing the waiter, but the waiter with Troy and Britta <laughs> is just talking shit about Die Hard without being prompted. So what do you think about here, about Annie coming in and switching around the the Dreamatorium engine and how it affects Abed and like Annie's intentions here? I get where she was trying to go with it. And that she was thinking that, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to explain this to Abed, not thinking that Abed had such a powerful connection to this device, this machine, that it would physically alter the way that he is existing in the Dreamatorium. Right. And I think the way that she does it, it has, in the way that Allison delivers it, which is great, but it has just a little bit of an edge to it, a little bit of mm-hmm. a of an anger to it that I think, especially someone who's sensitive like Abed, it really mm-hmm. freaks him out. And I love that, you know, it's kind of comical that Abed screams and falls down, but how ridiculous this is isn't played for laughs at all. No, like, it's Abed not. is hurt. Uh, Annie says it. It's kind of a joke, but it makes total sense. Like, he's not being cute weird. He's being something scary weird. weird is going on. Something scary is going on, and Annie doesn't know how to handle this now. She thought she was pushing him in the right direction, but but mm-hmm. she went too far. 
Abed just lays on the ground for a little bit, and then when he gets up, what, is he Jeff? Yeah. So now we get to talk about Abed, Jeff, and then Joel as Abed, Jeff, which is... Okay, so I think Dad said that it's his MVP for the episode. I love this interpretation of Jeff a lot. Me too. I think he's really funny. I think Abed has Jeff pegged. I think Mm -hmm. uh, Joel has the impression of Jeff pegged i just think it's really funny it's Joel really so really winning. good yeah one of my I, favorite parts of the episode for sure i love the way that it so effortlessly transfers from the dreamatorium to the hospital ish set of the greendale mm-hmm. like commons area especially the detail that jeff gets his medical jacket added uh yeah. it happens so like fluid it, it looks really really great well, and I like, like, they change the decorations on the wall, like, the vending machines. Everything is, is different, and it's catered to this kind of dream world Not that he thinks that different. Annie would love. Well, no, it's catered to Abed still. All of the vending machines are buttered noodles, which is Abed's yeah. favorite snack. All of the posters are pictures of Abed. Of Abed, There yeah. are a bunch of posters of, like, the Jesus thing. So it's it's making it clear that we're, like, in Abed's mind. But mm-hmm. meanwhile, the lighting is really harsh, and the music changes. Ludwig does some really great stuff with this, like, soap opera-y Well, yeah, it's like and... it's General Hospital yeah. or, like, a, a, a community college version of General Hospital. I don't have a single negative thing to say about this episode, but if the episode sags at all, it is in this section. Uh, the emotional levity kind of goes away for a little bit. But mm. it's so fast, and it keeps showing us more ridiculous things in these characters that we know in different ridiculous situations that it doesn't lose me at all. Yeah. Just like it would be fun to see, you know, the version of Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas where they're all sitting around the study table mm-hmm. instead of animated. It'd be fun to see the version of this that's just Abed and Annie in the Dreamatorium. Yeah, it would. be really funny. I think they really smartly use the 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 boundaries in different ways to to not let the dream stay on too long to to because mm-hmm. if you did it in a in the wrong way where there was too much of them acting it out in the dreamatorium it wouldn't be believable at all that annie falls for it or falls no. into it but the more we see of it the more we kind of forget that they're pretending totally annie gets fed up with his interpretation of jeff and and that uh i don't know it does is it because it makes it feel a little personal why do you think she she reacts this way I think so. I think that she's like, okay, Abed, you made your point. Like, we, you can say stuff that we're feeling inside too, you know. And so she pretends like to you be know us that better Abed... than we know ourselves. Okay, you. Well, win. and I think she was hoping Abed would like come out after her, but then she realized that he's not going to do that. She's like, fine, I have to play along. Or on the flip side, I think she is kind of sucked into this at this point, and she's like, okay, I'm leaving, but she's not going to leave. She's mm-hmm. she, she's going to go back in and see where this goes. Yeah. And she's learning that she need, like I said earlier, that she needs to play to Abed's rules to help Abed in this situation. And I think this is where we start to see the arc for Annie that I like a lot better than her ripping apart the engine of the Dreamatorium, where she's trying to help Abed get better in this yeah. scenario. And she is trying to get better for herself through it and trying to trying to get on Abed's level so they can see eye to eye. And it's really it's really nice to see. How mm-hmm. after Annie, who couldn't really play along when they were doing Inspector Space Time a little bit earlier ago, uh, uh, just dives right into whatever Abed wants to dive into. Well, and something that I'm kind of realizing now is 
when she did ask him, she's like, can we play something different, like hospital administrator? And they kind of are playing hospital administrator now. I didn't put that together either. Abed's yeah, like, I just... We'll, sure, we'll be mm-hmm. in a hospital. I didn't think of that either. I love uh, Abed, Jeff, and Annie yelling at each other with the, like, uh, I left my wife for you while she was pregnant, and who did you think inseminated her? <laughs> Some really funny lines. But uh, so Annie slips into the soap opera e vibe of everything, and uh, since I, and and the the issue is that Abed isn't willing to be Abed in this scenario. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like himself very much right now, and he doesn't want to be who he is. He wants to be other people. So Annie plays along with this mission of let's find Abed in this hospital, which yeah. is kind of fun. It is. Next, they go to the bio lab where Britta and Troy are, and there are a lot of nice touches in this scene, such as Troy, Britta, and Jeff are only lively when Abed is supposed to be in them. Mm -hmm. There are sequences of this scene where Britta is just, like, mouth open, like, staring off into the distance because Abed's not in her right now, and I think that that sounds weird but i i think it's it's another level of detail that that adds a lot to the scene yeah another really funny moment of the episode is troy and britta's kissing as abed pretends them to be kissing and the way the animation blends with what they're doing <laughs> so well and mom it's great mom really funny annie demands to them to talk to abed and i don't know it, it's a little convoluted to describe all of this she she's going mm-hmm. through all of this to find abed and Abed's not willing to be himself, and and she uh, conjures up truth serum to stab and destroy. So Troy will say where Abed is, but Troy instead reveals everything about himself that no one that no one wanted to know. Uh, he loves butt stuff. Did we mention butt stuff earlier? We didn't. You always got to mention the butt stuff. He doesn't wash his hands before surgery. That's bad. It's not great. Use comparisons, comparisons to Hitler, to Hitler to win arguments. arguments on the internet at the drop of a hat. I've never seen Inception. I've seen it a few times. Did you get it? Yeah, it's not like I mean the the only thing that there is like to not get is whether or not the it's end, real at the very end. If it's a dream or not. Yeah, and then like you can just watch the commentary, and they say, <laughs> or you could like Google it. Yeah. That's what I did, and I was like, Google. Okay, so Troy and Britta aren't much help, so now we're in the study room. I do like Inception, Nurse though. Shirley. Great scoring. You like it. You weren't trying to hate on it. You just no, don't yeah. get the, like, confusion over it. Well, and I get, like, the initial confusion when it first came out, sure, but I think if you watch it again, you catch a lot more stuff. Just watch the movie four times. You've got eight hours to kill. Come on. Forget about it. Just let the drunk people get married. Anyway. Paid for uh, by Denny and the Denny Singers. Abed as Jeff and Annie come to Nurse Shirley and Emmy contender Pierce Hawthorne, who's like, <laughs> you know, there's always like the old person character on the soap opera that's been on the cast for like 30 years. Yeah. And and it's pretty funny. And you're right. The way that Chevy, Chevy, fuck, I, I will do it wrong. So you just need to be okay with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to put this. If I'm going to continue to, well, I guess chevy chevy leaves the show soon but if i'm going to be able to continue doing this i need to put it out of my mind and just yeah. say what i say right sure let your heart be yeah so Kehevi is 
Uh, the way that he delivers his lines doesn't seem like an Emmy contender. He, they're very, like, thrown away. He's like, I thought it was in a train. And it is really funny, but I don't think it's because of him that it's funny. <laughs> I think it's very, very funny. Shirley isn't willing to help Annie either to find Abed. That's what gets us to the simulated smack in the face, which I thought was really, really funny. Mm. Uh, but before that, we kind of get a little bit of, through Shirley, Abed letting out some of his... Well, people don't need him, so he's just ceasing to exist in in the dreamatorium. Uh, and and Annie needs Abed and tells Abed through Shirley. It's so convoluted that that she needs him, and it's nice. But I love the simulated slap. It's so fake. The delayed reaction, super <laughs> funny. There's more where that didn't come from. Annie tells Abed as Jeff to get the files. Uh, and, and Annie's playing along by the rules, so it would make sense for this version of Jeff to do it because he mm-hmm. knows where the cabinets are. Uh, Abed knows where the cabinets are, so Jeff can do it, and she'll make love to him. Jackpot. Jackpot. I like the way he said that. Mm-hmm. And they find out, big reveal, that the Abed in the hospital school isn't a doctor. He's a patient. I really like the way that since this is all imagination, when – when Shirley says, uh, doctor, or get security, and, and and Pierce says, conductor, conductor, then they just go back to ceasing to exist. Because <laughs> they're they not really... Abed ran over there and did yeah. those things and then ran yeah. back and then to ran back over. So they're not continuing to be <laughs> distressed. They just stand there. And it, it really adds to all of it. They're like NPCs for a second. They're yeah. video game characters that said they're like, oh, what a glorious day it is today for a journey, wouldn't you say? And then they continue, like, walking through their field. And then you walk back up to them again. And, oh, what a glorious Glorious day day. today (laughs) is for a journey. And then they walk back in their field. Speaking of, we're getting close to the 8-bit episode of Community. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, me too. I don't remember that one super-duper well. I really like that episode. Jeff and Annie rush down the hall to get to Patient Abed or to learn more about Patient Abed. And the visual of them running in place and the room moving around them. They did it so well. Yeah. If you pay attention, you can see that the first shot was there on the set, and the second shot there in front of a green screen. Sure. But they did some of the best sitcom green screen work I've seen in a long time in this episode. Yeah. It's not as jarring as it could be. They did a great job of like taking the photos of the background for the green screen. Looks yeah, great. the depth on them is really good. And then they run not to find patient Abed, but to another distraction where Jeff or Abed as Jeff takes Annie back to the end of season one where Jeff and Annie had their kiss. I thought the way that they recreated the scene was really great. The lights, the costumes, uh, they're reusing some of the music from the season one finale. I thought it all really did a good job of of getting us to that vibe and Annie being conflicted because she doesn't know how Abed would know about this and she finds herself slipping into the emotions from that night. Mm -hmm. I love that the reason Abed knows about it is because Leonard was in the bushes (laughs) watching. So funny. What do you think Abed's goal what what do you think he's trying to get out of Annie here? I get that he's trying to make himself disappear, but why is he putting Annie through this emotional stuff to, because to prove he, that he thinks, can or I think he thinks that um Annie's only doing this for Troy and Britta so that she can be with Jeff because Britta's in the way of her and mm, Right, Jeff, they do say and that. And Troy right. used to be not really in the way of her and and Jeff, but she used to like Troy, so that's two people out of the way. 
which and opens she just, the door. And she just she sees Britta as a threat to Jeff, right? Yeah. And Britta gone, we're all good. It just and makes so things easier. And so I think that Abed's trying to say, like, well, now that I'm gone, this is what's going to happen for you. So just accept it, let it happen, you know. But it's really good because I think this episode does good. They they always make Jeff and Annie do the googly eyes, and I think maybe I would feel a little more hot for Jeff and Annie if they like talked a little bit about like why it's a bad idea mm-hmm. instead of just making blind googly eyes at each other. Yeah. So I liked that they gave some reason here for Annie to feel conflicted about Jeff and, mm-hmm. and how she really feels about Jeff through this ordeal with Abed. Yeah. Like when Annie thinks she takes the files and Jeff is, or Abed is Jeff is just saying it looking like mm, you don't have the files. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. But at the same point, that's the worst type of person to play pretend with. It is. Like, when you're in recess, and you're playing a game where you're, like, characters, and you're like, well, actually, I have a cloak of invisibility, or, like, actually, I have a force field, so I can't die. And you're like, well, I have a gun, bang, 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 and they're like, well, I dodged that bullet, and that one, and that one. I'm like, okay. Abed is doing a little bit of that in this situation. It's the dreamatorium. If Annie says she has a file, she has it. She has a file. Annie's got a file. (laughs) Thank you. Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Props, not a sponsor. Could be, could be. Uh, And then I thought this was a really nice moment. Well, not nice, but uh, an emotionally resonant moment where through what's written on the file, Abed as Jeff tells Annie that he overheard some of the things that she's been saying about him and it makes him feel awful about himself. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff, what about like, uh, what does he say? Bending over backwards. Control freak, no empathy. People bend over backwards to cater to him. Uh, for someone like Abed, I'm sure he knows those things about himself, and to, mm-hmm. to hear his friends say it, I'm sure it digs you deeper in that hole. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's cool how this episode can make this an emotionally resonant moment for Abed, who isn't on the screen. Yeah, I I when you know we'll talk about it more, but it's tough picking an MVP for this because do you go with the performances or like the storyline? Because Abed is is giving it's these an Abed episode through everyone, but he's in so little. Danny yeah. Pudi is in so little of the episode, but Tricky. Abed is the episode. Mm-hmm. So do you have a disconnect of actor and character? Because if you do, Abed is definitely the MVP. Yeah, that's what's that's what's tricky. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So Annie is kind of forced to come to her, her, to face herself and, and think about, is she really trying to pair up Troy and Britta because she wants to be with Jeff, or is she doing it? because they seem to like each other. And I don't think she knows, and I think this makes her kind of look at it both ways, and she hadn't done that before. Well, especially because she's so sucked into it now that she's seeing Abed as Jeff. So when he puts his hand like behind her ear, like grabs her face like he's going to kiss her, she 100% is in that moment as if it's Jeff. And another thing that's smart about this, because if you think about it, you could be like, well, that doesn't make sense. Annie wouldn't do that. But we've seen Annie like fall under Abed's spell quite a few Several times. Several times. So I absolutely believe that if I this happened in the Dreamatorium, yeah. I, it, it tracks for me. It tracks 100%. But I love that Annie, this moment is really great when Annie yells at Abed through Jeff and, and talks about like, you're not Jeff and clearly you don't know anything about, or you don't know everything about all of these people because yeah. we've seen a lot of examples that show us that Jeff cares about Abed a lot and understands him more than a lot of people do. And I don't think Abed sees that in Jeff, doesn't really get that he and Jeff are, mm-hmm. are as tight as they actually are. So his version of Jeff is a little bit more shallow than what Jeff actually is. Actually is, yeah. 
And then I like that Annie's so far into it that when she storms away, when she's like, we're not really here and I'm not staying, I'm leaving because I hate whoever you are. But she's still so into it that she walks right into the wall of the Dreamatorium and the way the force field comes up and it looks like she bumps into it. Man, the effects in this episode just hold up so well. And Allison's acting off of nothing is great. Mm -hmm. But that breaks the facade for a second and it's nice that we're not quite to the emotional scene between Annie and Abed but for Mm -hmm. a second we see them alone in that room together thinking about all of these things before we cut to a commercial and I think that's a nice visual same what did you think of this scene Annie says she wants to be alone and Abed sets up the simulation where now he is Annie and Annie is talking with herself how did you you I felt like this was Abed kind of being the bad guy here i I feel like he's really just trying to mess with her at this point and she but he is doing it so that he can get more insight into annie because he's like why are you not behaving the way that i picture you'd behave in these situations i want to point out okay so on the uh chalkboard behind actual annie Mm -hmm. the same sentence is written over and over and over again and the sentence is uh, what is a Nielsen family and where did they live? Do you know oh, what that really means? that's really funny. Yeah, you'd win like the, like they're the ones that do the TV well, stuff, right? Well, ratings decide, used to decide what shows would continue. The Nielsen ratings were the most popular way of getting that data and mm-hmm. seeing how many people were watching a show. And Nielsen ratings are determined by Nielsen families who are people that have like boxes in their home mm-hmm. that monitors what they're watching and and uh, yeah. relays that into ratings information. But the whole thing is like, well, it says three million people are watching the show, but we have a hundred million people on Twitter or you know, something stupid, yeah, you know, exactly. like how many people are actually watching the show? Uh, maybe the people that are, are targeted to be Nielsen families just aren't the type of people that are watching the show. Exactly. But people are, it's interesting. We're well, Zach, you and I are, are a Nielsen family, but it's, <laughs> it's because we've, uh, married in a previous life. We married into the Leslie Nielsen family. Yeah. It, but it, we don't get any special boxes or anything. We get some special plugs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Annie talks to herself. You're right. I think Abed is kind of being uh, not the best guy in the situation mm-hmm. and playing tricks on Annie that that she doesn't deserve. But Annie did play a couple tricks on Abed that he didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. But Abed is so smart and is almost like super villainous in this. Yeah. But then Annie turns it around on on him and says, okay, well, if you're not going to be Abed, I'm going to be Abed. Mm-hmm. And the only thing – so then they do this whole thing where Chang, Chang apparates out of nowhere. I think that's really funny when he shows yeah. up and he has his hands on his hips. It's like, that's it. You're guilty. You're under arrest. I thought that was really <laughs> funny. That's the only thing Chang does in the whole episode. Pierce shows up just to say, I have no idea what's going on. And they said on the commentary that when they did the table read for this episode, <laughs> just a couple of lines before this, uh, Chevy said – I don't get this episode. And then a couple <laughs> of lines later, his character had this line. That's really funny. So Annie is Abed, which means he has to be taken away because there can't be any Abeds. Mm-hmm. So Annie as Abed is taken where Abeds are taken, which mm-hmm. leads us to Abed as Abed. Right? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. You, you had it. You got it. 
So Chang stuffs Abed or Annie as Abed into a locker. It has I love all the caution, danger, contains Abed. Abed mm-hmm. are in here. And maybe if anything in this episode is a little on the nose, it's the being stuffed into a locker uh, a metaphor. Yeah. But I like the visual of how when you step into the locker, it, it's not a big locker. It's it, or it's not a little locker. It's this huge room. I, thought I love the visual of holographic Abed running and laying and like sitting down to like be chained to and the then, wall. And then I like since there wasn't anything there. Yeah. He, yeah. He hologram walks over and then becomes this thing. Mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. Instead of just like inhabiting a body that was already there. Yeah. I think Abed against Abed acts better than uh annie against annie i feel like this scene was shot in a way that looks a little better i agree and danny did a pretty good job of acting as annie being Mm -hmm. annie but still looking like ovid yeah there's so many layers to this episode it's really fun (laughs) so many layers i really like it and this is what allows uh, Annie and Abed to have the conversation that they really needed to have this whole time. This is a huge metaphor for Abed finally being able to let Annie in. And they live together. They're important people to each other now. Uh, it's it's really good to see. And this conversation did get me a little bit on the edge of being emotional. It almost got a couple tears out of me. I really liked Annie's speech in this scene about how, how the way that he's the way that she's able to explain to him in a different way that mm-hmm. the way that he sees everyone is good and valid but isn't yeah. accurate in a way like science fiction. Sure. I really liked the way that she likened him to science fiction because she kind of compliments him while also telling him that it's not accurate what he's <laughs> thinking. And he needs like to hear that and understand that. It's amazing that you that. can do this, but it's not always the right answer. Yes. Or rarely the right answer. Yeah. And Annie is able to... I, I love that there's no winger speech in this episode. That Annie gives this big speech. It's it's such a great moment uh, out of Alison Brie. Such a great mm-hmm. acting moment. She is phenomenal. And she's able to tell herself some things that she needs to hear through telling Abed things that he needs to hear. And even though they're still in this pretend situation, it's almost all stripped away and it's just the two of them, these two mm-hmm. friends being able to talk to each other. One of the most adorable moments in the whole episode. Abed's still chained up, and Annie says, well, isn't that what a quantum spanner is for? And Abed says, not really, but (laughs) I'll let it slide. Because now Abed sees her trying in a different Mm -hmm. way than what he did in the beginning of the episode. This is what I wanted to say. This scene right here. So after she unlocks Abed, Mm -hmm. then they stand up. This scene, I feel like, was really clearly added in later. Yeah. It's really green screened, the background of the cell that they're in. And they did mention that they added this last Inspector Space Time sequence because the episode came in a little short. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell. Yeah. It's time for them to leave. They've figured out their stuff and they're about to go back to lunch. But instead of doing that, they decide now they're going to play pretend in the uh, spaceship. And I'm glad that they added this mm-hmm. because what Abed wanted to do was like play in the in the dreamatorium for three hours and do Inspector Space Time. And he didn't feel comfortable doing it with Annie. But by the end of this, he has. So it's fun to see them get a sequence of playing together like truly and unrepentedly. Yeah, that makes me happy. And how much Annie's learned about Inspector's FaceTime through all of this. She knows the name of the ship and everything. The spaceship sequences in this episode, they really did a good job with. Mm -hmm. The special features in general, man, 
not special features, <laughs> the special effects in general. They did a great job, and they always do, but this is way better than any other sitcom when they do stuff like this, don't you think? We're as cooked as Lord Nelson's mutton. And they get to kick ass together, and what's really cute and kind of ends their play is Abed steps into the Blorgon that Annie is beating the shit out of, and then in the Dreamatorium, she's actually <laughs> punching him in the stomach, and that's how they know that they, they need to stop. And Abed, it hurts, but he's happy because his friend is is committing to this in a mm-hmm. way that only Troy had before. Yeah. And I think it's really cute, and it's good growth for both of them. Some of the best character development in this entire season. I agree, certainly. We get one more, like a a repeat of the fake Inspector Space Time intro from the beginning, but it's just about Abed and about how he's learned to have empathy. It's cute. I feel like this is another little thing they might have added for time, but it it is cute. I like all of the study group's heads floating around and talking to them. What are they, undesirables? Not undesirables, like uh, unimportant or something. Something like that. But he learned empathy, and he is hungry and typically i bet abed he would just go make himself some buttered noodles but Mm. now he has empathy so he's making buttered noodles for the both of them and annie can feel like she really helped and had like a breakthrough with abed because she did yeah even if it kind of took a couple of of hills and valleys to get there just like this season it took a couple of hills and valleys to get there but this episode is a really good one and makes me feel like they've been leading up to this for a while in ways that I didn't see. I think that an episode like this would take so much editing work and stuff like that that, you know, not that they filmed it out of order or anything, but I think they definitely had to plan so far ahead for this one. They're like, okay, we have to plant these seeds here, start doing this here. And it well, paid I'm off sure really when, nicely. When they come into a writer's room at the beginning of a season to decide what the episodes are going to be for the year, mm-hmm. they're probably like, six to ten in the room that are like these are the episodes that we've got to do this year and one of them was probably this yeah like this one and remedial chaos theory and and like law and order maybe these were like Mm -hmm. ideas that had been floating around for a long time and they're like okay we're gonna do it and they they kind of add to it as they, they think through the season we get one last scene the study group's back together and they said a funny thing on the commentary that Often they film the show out of order, right? Mm -hmm. And this episode's complicated, and a lot of the episodes are complicated. So they'll film these beginning and ending study room scenes at the same time, and they'll be doing the end, and they won't have any idea, like, what happened in the episode. Yeah. So they'll be like, guys, just act like you really went through something. Uh, Danny and Allison glance and smile at each other, and they're like, okay. (laughs) Which shows how good of actors they are, because it it never feels that way. But literally, the actors didn't know. What do you think about the Pierce uh, antidote about sitting on his balls? I think that it's kind of funny because Let's talk Pierce, about Chevy like, Ball Watch. Nobody wanted to go with Pierce or like said anything to him when he was leaving. Like you don't really. He didn't announce his plan because nobody cared. Um, but he gets back. He's like, you know, I'm gonna say this triumphant thing, and everyone's you know probably in a little bit of a good mood because they had a longer break, and they're like, oh, good for you, Pierce. And then he's, I I sat right on. They him. are really enthusiastic. It's almost like. In the beginning, how they all look at each other before saying anything. They just know that they need to, like, kind of... Maybe just how they needed to let Chevy, Chevy, do what he needs to do. They just need to let Pierce do what he needs to do and yeah. and bli- blindly approve of him and just put it out of their minds. Troy and Britta get a nice smile. Man, Donald Glover and Gillian Jacobs mm-hmm. both have such winning smiles. So yeah. when they direct them towards each other, it does it's make powerful. my heart feel happy. Mm-hmm. It is. 
Troy and Abed are cool too. I like how there was nothing in this episode about like how could Troy do this to Abed. They've done enough of that this yeah. season. Uh, they're cool and they were always cool. And Troy, all he knew this whole episode was, oh, Abed's fine. And in the end, Abed's able to say, Annie did pretty well in this situation, which is cool. Yeah, I like it. I like that. And that's about the end of the episode. They get back to studying, but before they can, because <laughs> they never actually study on this show, I love that the episode ends full circle. The Dean runs back in to explain how he went to the bank, he was brave, and everyone loved his outfit, and they asked him questions, and he had like a mind-opening conversation with these people. Uh, it was really, really funny. He had the deepest conversation of his life. I loved it. Good for the Dean. Things really are starting to brighten brighten up after a, a long, dark year, Jeff points out. But Abed's able to know and understand that that's not always how it works out, and that's okay. And that's the cute little moment to end the episode, other than literally the moment that ends this phenomenal episode of Community is Pierce saying, actually, I, I did, did sit on my balls. And everyone's like, oh, Pierce, I'm so sorry. It hurt like hell. I saw eagles. What were the eagles? Well, you know, like in cartoons, like you hurt yourself, like little birds fly around you. I think that's what it was. <laughs> okay, sure. And and I'm the same age as your dad too. And I triples triples, triples is, best. is best. In tag, a classic Troy and Abed in the morning. This might be my favorite Troy and Abed in the morning so far. This one's really good. I think this is easily one of the best in tags of the season. Yeah, one of the best of the whole show. It's so funny because now Troy and I love that Annie's a part of it now. Troy and Abed's talk show persona is always so funny, especially how I, I mentioned it earlier. I don't know if on the show or just talking when Annie brings up that Abed spilled code red on the rug <laughs> and Abed's reactions to, to like look in the camera and hold up his mug and be like, ouch, oops. or like, oops, <laughs> crafty. Really funny. I really like it. It's just wholesome. And then Annie uh, it, it has proven herself to be uh, worthy of goofing around with the guys, mm-hmm. but she takes it a little too far because she totally rearranged their pillow fort bedroom, and once again, she has broken Abed. And Troy tries to deal with it for a second, but thinks back to Garrett, who is recording this in the fake audience at home, <laughs> and pulls out the technical difficulties uh, a sign and hums daybreak, and, and, and that's the end of the tag. It's a really funny tag. I love so it. So funny. Can you? I want to hear your best Abed squeal or his like Abed broken like. It's like the T's done. That was almost it. I can't super hear you because Zoom is protecting my ears. So when I go back and edit the episode, I guess I'll see what happened. Good job, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode, <laughs> Stephen. I love this episode of Community more than I expected to when I started Me too, watching it by the first a long... time. Long big ol' marge and <laughs> and by a large marge. Unfortunately, big ol' marge can't be our MVP this week because she did not appear on this week's episode of Community. But this Abed, this episode almost entirely takes place in Abed's mind and how mm-hmm. Annie relates to it. It's a little bit tough to choose an MVP. Who is it for you? I want to hear. Um, I'm going to give three honorable mentions. Wow. First okay. to Troy. Okay. Because Troy was great the whole episode. Real life Troy, Troy and. And Abed Troy, so funny. Um, Abed Jeff in the Mm. episode. And then I'm going to give my last honorable mention to Abed himself. I understand that he was all the characters in the episode and he was incredible with it. But I have to give my MVP to Annie. I think that she 
this was a great Annie episode. Allison Brie did such a great job with conveying somebody who gradually falls deeper, deeper into the mm-hmm. simulation and like playing along with it. And I think that that for me is an Annie MVP. Okay. Well, I'm torn. I came in certain I was going to say Annie mm-hmm. because Allison Brie is so good in this episode. But then the way I talked earlier kind of got me thinking that it's not that Allison Brie is the MVP, mm-hmm. it's whether or not Annie exactly. is. So how much Danny Pudi is in the episode shouldn't exactly mar me from... This episode's an Abed's head. I gotta give Abed the MVP. More uh, he's yeah. great. Danny Pudi sells everything. I'm sure Danny Pudi, the actor, had trouble gripping all of the realities of this episode. And mm-hmm. Abed is the one who's making it all up, and it has to feel so second nature to him. And it yeah. does. He nails it. And I got to give him props and the writers props for doing this with this character and pulling it off so well. It's Abed for me. And I wanted to do different from you in in uh, hopes to make the end of the season tally a little more interesting. So I'll give I one think, to Abed. Honestly, I've been throwing a lot Annie's way lately. I think I've she's going to be making a climb. Too. We'll see. I don't know. I don't Because take... season one was really close between Troy. Or no, season one was Abed. Mm-hmm. Season two was Troy. Was Troy, but Annie was up there in season two for a couple episodes. Yeah, I'm excited to see because I don't take tally until the very end, and I have yeah. no idea. I don't really pay Me attention neither. to it. I just, I kind of just think about each episode as we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've done another one. This was really fun. We're back in the saddle again. Cue Aerosmith. You know that one? Back! You know that one? Da, yeah. Da, 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 da. We're back in the saddle again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. Community's back with a great episode for us. Uh, we really enjoy talking about this one, and I'm excited to talk about the next one. Next week, we're talking about basic lupine urology. It's the Law and Order tribute yeah, episode. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I'm excited to get into tw- uh. Todd's back. Did you hear me just trail off like that? I was like, I'm excited to get into uh. Yeah, you had a little Todd is there. back. Todd is back, and I'm excited for Todd. I really enjoyed the Todd episode earlier this season. Me too. Professor That's Kane one of my is back. That'll be a mm-hmm. bittersweet thing to see. I really am looking forward to it, and I would really love for people to send us in some trivia, their MVP and favorite funny moments from that episode to cantuspointpodcast at gmail.com. I also want to quickly shout out one more time our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast, where we do all kinds of things, extra podcasts. We do a live stream every week before we record this podcast that's always fun and maybe even more unhinged than this is a lot of the time. So if you're into that, come check it out. We'd love to have you join. And we're going to have new projects there soon, I think. So come yeah, hang we out. will. Meanwhile, though, Stephen, the people who don't have as many uh, Doge coins in their pocket, mm-hmm. where can they find us? Well, if you want to interact with us for $0 in zero cents, hmm. um, mostly because we ain't got no sense, ha-ha, hmm. you can go and find us over on Twitter at you can't disappoint. We're mm-hmm. also on Instagram at can't disappoint podcast, mm-hmm. and then we're on the good old Facebook and YouTube, both owned by Google, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Or does Facebook own Google? Mm-hmm. No, Google owns Facebook. I think Google and Facebook are different. And oh, I they think don't own YouTube. Is owned Google. by Google for sure. Yes, Facebook and Google don't have a thing. I don't think so. Oh. Because Google's had why we're trying to end this shit because Google's had like a. <laughs> Like their own forays into social media platforms. Oh, did they buy MySpace? Is that what it was? I don't know, but they had like Google Plus for a while or something. That was a thing. Yeah. 
Uh, well, anyway, we're on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show. You can't disappoint <laughs> a podcast. We hope to hear from you there. Send us yeah. a tweet. DM us your bones. We love bones. Please send us bones. Unsolicited bone picks are, are our favorite. Yes. Uh, also, I'm really impressed with you. You got all of those handles no problem after a couple I know. weeks I, I am back and at least as We're good back! as We're back! We're back! Back in the shadows, yeah! Well, this has been really fun, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. We look forward to talking to you next week from inside the Dreamatorium. Black Lives Matter. Uh, Die Hard f***ing sucks. I'm Whoa. Zach. I'm Steven. You saying that means you signed off on that statement, too. Oh, no. And we will see you next week. We love you very, very much. Five dollars! Five dollars for a hot dog! We're Come back! back. <laughs> oh, shit. Goodbye. Hot dog! Oh, my eye.